He is I and I am him and I am the rhinestone cowboy Johnny Buchanan. And you are listening to Battlefield Pro Wrestling on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. BPW Nation, you know what time it is. Big Joe back again with the 21st episode of the Battlefield Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure and an honor to bring you this podcast each and every week. We are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I am joined this week by my co-host, Reggie Banner. Sage Santiago has the week off. She's a little bit under the weather, so get well, Sage. Reggie, welcome to the podcast as per usual, my friend. Man, you know, it's always a pleasure to be here with you, Big Joe. I'm missing Sage this week, but listen, man, we're going to kill it without her. Yeah, we we will miss Sage for sure. I mean, she has her own following and gives us a, a different uh, perspective on this whole wrestling thing here. Uh, getting to hear it from a female perspective, so it's it's pretty cool. But hey, it's, uh, things happen. You got to take care of yourself when you're under the weather. Um, we have quite a bit to go over here today. We had a future show at the Split Rock Resort, which was a tremendous success, a sellout success actually, and uh, I just want to run through the results of that card and then we are going to cover bpw reloaded which was our pay-per-view from this past sunday so before we get started though i wanted to i I know we gave a shout out to bpw super fan madison and her dad joe on a, a, a podcast here just recently but i wanted to give another fan shout out to a fan now i've noticed this gentleman at all of our shows i think i started noticing him at the first ever future show he might not have missed it he might not have missed the show i just didn't see him until that one but since then i've seen him at every single show he is very boisterous and he interacts with the with the wrestlers he gets the crowd going uh, so that would be our friend anthony from east stroudsburg so local guy he, he makes sure not to miss a bpw show so anthony we appreciate the support my friend keep coming out we love seeing you every month and again thank you to anthony from east stroudsburg another bpw super fan and i would be remiss now athletes are hungry hungry individuals right yeah you're working up a sweat you're constantly working out you're wrestling you're moving around you get hungry and luckily for the bpw locker room we have Thomas and Storm of Mr. and Mrs. Smith's Catering that send food to our shows, our pay-per-views, every single month, and we could not thank them enough. First of all, shout out to to Thomas and Storm of Mr. and Mrs. Smith's Catering. The food is absolutely delicious. And this past Sunday, they had tray upon tray of Big ZD and OMG. So good, Reggie Banner. Makes you want to slap yo mama. So... Wanted to reach out to Storm and Thomas and see if we could possibly give them a shout out here on the podcast. Check out their Facebook page. Storm has a Facebook page called Cupcakes by Storm, and they are available for catering. So give them a call or shoot a text 570-236-5328. Again, 570-236-5328. Or again on Facebook at Cupcakes by Storm. Once again, Thomas and Storm, thank you so, so much. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, Your hard work does not go unappreciated because all the guys and gals on the BPW roster absolutely look forward to it. So thank you for that. Now, Reggie Ben, time to get down into the proverbial meat and potatoes of the podcast here. And we are going to review the strike first results. This was a additional future show that we had added this month. And it actually took place on a Friday. Different day, different bell time, 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Um, I, I, I've i heard so many things. I missed this show, but I've heard that it was uh, the wrong one to be to be away for. Um, people absolutely loved it. It was it was a sellout. Um, 
you know, we had people, you know, still trying to get in to, to overpack the, the, uh, the resort where the event was taking place. And, uh, I am sure sometime in the future, we, we will be back there, but what a show we had. And Reggie, you were there firsthand. What was the atmosphere like at the, uh, the split rock resort? You give it to me, Reggie, cause you're the, you're the man with the, with the reviews and you, you tell it like it is. So let's hear it, man. This show was red hot from beginning to end. The crowd was crazy. Everyone was happy, and these wrestlers were fired up. Like, I'm telling you, every match, Big Joe, from the first match, like, you you were thinking to yourself, how can you top this match? Second match, how can you top this match? Everyone just kept um, over-delivering and doing better and better, and the fans were invested in every single superstar. You couldn't even tell who was, you know, who was the bad guy or who was the good guy. These people just wanted to see some kick-ass wrestling, and that's what they got. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. And that's so important that the uh, the fans are taking an interest and they're they're engaged in in what's going on. And uh, we we started the show off with uh, recently debuting Malik Delvante versus RJ Carnage and Malik Delvante was able to pick up the victory over RJ Carnage. Now, that that's a. That, that's quite a clash there because those two guys are very, very athletic. And, you know, we, we sing RJ's praises all the time here about the uh, style of offense that he brings because he's definitely not boring to watch. And Malik definitely fits that mold as well. So we're happy to welcome Malik into the battlefield, albeit at RJ's expense. Match number two, Adam Lockwood picks up a victory against Rob Tragedy. Uh, and I, this makes me happy because I, I think Rob Tragedy is kind of a kind of a dirtbag, um, just the way he carries himself. I, I didn't. He left a bad taste in my mouth when he attacked Stevo after the bell during their match at Futures uh, a few months back. So uh, good for you, Rob Tragedy. You deserve the loss there. And then now this this next match, Reggie, fatal four way tag match, the debuting. Um, not debuting this show, but they debuted uh, the show prior. The Vetrano brothers, Mook and Stock, picking up an early victory here in BPW. And I couldn't be happier because these two guys, I think, are, are going to have a very bright future here in Battlefield. And more on them to come when we review the pay-per-view uh, coming up in a little bit. But they were able to, de- to defeat sorry, SPF, Bryce Reedus, and Tim Theory, and the Brothers Gray. So... Uh, we talk about it all the time with the multi-man and, and woman matches, how difficult it is because you have, you know, either two or three other opponents. Well, in this case, you have six. I mean, it's coming from all different angles at any given time. Um, Vetrano's picking up the victory. How special was this, Reggie Banner? I know that they had their uncle, Eddie V, bringing them out uh, to manage them during this. And th- here's the cool thing about that. Eddie V, good close personal friend of the Ottawa family. Um, He's been, he's been connected with them since off of the wild Samoan. And he still keeps very close contact with off of junior. Oh, it's such a great guy. Eddie V shout out to Eddie V. So Eddie comes out and uh, he manages his nephews and you could just see in the photos and everything else. He's just beaming with pride. What was the, what was the feel in the air Reggie for such a special moment here in BPW? Two words, pure joy. Everyone is just so happy to have these brothers there. And the brothers are so just in love with BPW. They're in love with the fans. They're in love with wrestling. And they're two hell of a great wrestlers. They they kind of remind me of an early version of the Young Bucks when they were performing on Impact as Generation Me. They're fast. They're coordinated. And everything they do together, it's just perfectly aligned. Like, you just can't ask for a better team. And... They're such great guys on top of that, too. You just can't help but cheer for these guys and appreciate what they do in the ring. And with that being said, this is only, what, their second second match in BPW? And it, they're already yeah. red hot. Yeah, it would have been their second match. And, and they already – I mean, the pickup of victory in that style match really, really says a lot. And I have a comparison for you as well. I know you said the Young Bucks, but they just their, their look and the way that they conduct themselves, very – British Bulldogs esque, in my opinion. Mm, um, I agree. I, I could definitely see some Dynamite Kid and some Davy Boy Smith in there. Uh, I don't want to keep making the comparison because I, I don't, you know, they are individuals and they, you know, they're not the British Bulldogs. But um, I'm sure they wouldn't mind that comparison because that's one of the most legendary tag teams of all time. So 
again, so, so many special moments here in BPW. Always happy to have debuting wrestlers and Vitrano brothers. Uh, welcome aboard. Very, very cool that they were able to pick up the victory. Uh, next match, we had our boy Code Red defeat Rico Gold. Um, I haven't seen Rico Gold actually in the ring yet, but uh, just from talking to him outside the ring and, and backstage and getting to know him a little bit, Really, he's not a likable person. He's so arrogant, so cocky, and uh, you know, Code Red probably chopped him down to size here a little bit, Reggie. What happened in this match? Oh man, like you said, Code Red showed off his new found. I guess what, like the good guy in Code Red. You know, he's a nice guy, but man, when he hits his choke slams and he does his cartwheel, show off his athleticism, I think he had Rico a little shook, you know, and. He was able to put him away that way. But when Rico wrestles, like you said, it's very hard to like him. He's dirty. He, he you know, he doesn't really play by the rules. He he talks trash to the fans. He's, I just don't like the guy, you know, but like he was overly confident. And that was the downfall because, you know, you can't count out the OG Code Red. You just Never. Can't. Never. And that cockiness is not, it's only going to take you so far. You need to back that shit up in the ring here in Battlefield Pro Wrestling. This is, this is, you could talk all you want, but unless you're, uh, you know, pinning shoulders to the mat in the ring, then I don't want to hear it. So Rico Gold, obviously, back to the drawing board there as he picks up the L. Uh, next match, uh, <laughs> what, what an interesting matchup here. One of my uh, absolute joys in life here in Battlefield Pro Wrestling is watching the Philadelphia Playboy swiveling his way to success as he defeats uh, one of the biggest pains in the ass, J.J. Smith. So, uh, again, this card is beautiful as far as I'm concerned with the, the way that, uh, you know, majority of the guys I would be rooting for ended up winning. So Playboy defeats J.J. Smith. And then we have, this should be no surprise to anybody, Ox Adams, who's actually absolutely been on a tear defeats Arson Kruger. And that, uh, again, we'll give it to Ox. It's definitely uh, a step up in competition from the uh, smaller guys that he's been fighting. But nonetheless, he was able to get over Car Arson Kruger there in that match. And then uh, Phil Insane. Uh, we 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 never know what we're getting from this guy. I mean, he comes out and he's completely off his rocker, and then sometimes he seems like he might be calming down, and then just when you think it's safe, freaking head explodes again, and he's he's just completely off the rails. He made uh, Sam Adams day miserable at this show. Sorry, Sam Adams. Phil Insane picks up the victory over Sam Adams. And then, oh, this one breaks my freaking heart, Reggie Banner. Championship material picks up a victory over prime time heat. What, what happened in this match? Because I'm sure these chicken shits didn't get the victory clean. How did that, what, what happened here? Who interfered or what did they do to distract the referee? Am I wrong? They no, you're, you're not wrong when it comes to these guys. And clearly, primetime had the advantage. I don't know if you remember or you saw when Dio jumped off of the, uh, I don't know, it was like 30 feet in the air. He jumped on, jumped off into, onto everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be the end of the match. This is it. But, man, these dirty championship material boys, they love getting handfuls of tights. They love cheating to win. Yeah, of course. Always. They always cheat to some, to some way, and it's, it's just disgusting because they're talented wrestlers, but they always, like I said, they always cheat. I'm sick of it. Yeah, me too, and uh, it seems like they, they continually get away with it, and uh, that definitely needs to stop here in BPW. But, um, again, we'll talk about this, uh, you know, a little later on in the show. But, uh, you know – just sickening. Anyway, I'm sure Primetime Heat will, will be able to one-up them eventually, so hopefully they, they get to square off again sometime soon. And then the main event of this show, uh, the inspirational Scott Sable and his martial arts background, able to defeat the arrogant superstar V Marino, 46-year-old V Marino, who's actually <laughs> only 20 years old. He's actually turning 21 here in a few weeks. So, uh, but fake ID, clearly. <laughs> Seriously, the only fake ID to make himself look younger. So 
got uh, Scott Sable. I, you know, I heard that he put on a display. He, he, it started incorporating his martial arts background into the ring and uh, was able to utilize that to get the, the victory over V Marino. So huge win over Scott Sable because V Marino certainly no pushover. But Reggie, before we get into the reloaded review, I'm going to take an ad break here. And we're going to talk about some of our great sponsors because without them, this wouldn't be possible. Reggie! Yo, Big Joe. So check this out, bro. I just went on my first hunting trip, right? And I shot a deer. And dog, I, you, 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 you know me. I, I don't know what to do. You got to help me out because I'm, I'm, I'm a city boy. I'm not used to this, you know, this country folk stuff. So please help me out. Yeah, man. So what are you looking for? You're looking to get that sucker mounted? Yeah, I want to put it right above my fireplace, man. I don't want to be like, you know, one of the first guys in my family, sit down, drink some coffee, look up and see my deer, you know, with the antlers and all that stuff. But I don't know what to do. Like, help me, guide me, please. Well, Reggie, it just so happens that you called the right place because I'd love to tell you about Hunted Dreams Taxidermy LLC. Quality is important when it comes to your trophy. So use Hunted Dreams Taxidermy for all your taxidermy needs. Reggie, they have game heads, life-size mammals, skull work, hide tanning, birds, even fish, large game welcome. Visit hdtaxidermy.com or give them a call, 610-844-1810. That's 610-844-1810. All right, we are back. Thank you, folks, from HD Taxidermy for always being a tremendous sponsor here at battlefield pro wrestling reggie let's get down to the meat and potatoes of this show bpw presents reloaded it was june 25th at the signature event center and uh, our latest pay-per-view now available on the premier streaming network and for all the fans out there if you guys aren't on the premier streaming network you are missing out because all of the bpw content is on there all of our pay-per-views all of the replays you get them all live and then you can watch them back for 9.99 a month premier streaming network check it out folks so reggie we had a great card coming to you here this past sunday and i'd like to get right into it because the first match was tremendous i mean we had nolan pierce the young upstart versus encore more who is is a young upstart in his own right but he has really been impressive here over the past few months and um this match, very fast-paced, back and forth. It, you know, neither man really able to get a clear advantage. So pretty much what I was expecting with guys of this caliber. Um, but once again, I have to point this out because I, I can't make this a point. I, I cannot drive this nail home hard enough because Encore Moore's strength is unfreaking believable i mean for a guy that's in, in the you know he'd technically be considered a cruiserweight but i mean the way that he carries these his opponents around and he's able to hold them up in the in the stalling vertical suplex i mean it, it's it's got to be a little scary for uh other members of his of, of his weight class that he's you know matching up against who aren't heavyweights in their own right um to go against him because they know they're they're gonna be first of all they're gonna be matched on the speed and agility but second of all they're probably gonna be outmatched in the strength department would you agree absolutely and the reason I say that that throws someone off their game you know let's just say Nolan is 190 and Encore is also 190, but the man can lift double his weight. That, you know, that does something to your mentality. You know, like he's just as quick as me, but he's twice as strong. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it, it has to. I mean, because it's a, it's an obvious advantage for Encore in, in certain stylistic matchups. But Encore able to get it done, and he picks up the, uh, the victory over Nolan Pierce via pinfall here. Now... This is what I love. I mean, both men showed respect after uh, shook hands and uh, actually put on a little dance for the, the Broadheadsville crowd here at BPW. And Tommy Pro gets his uh, shine once again as he hit the worm for everybody. And uh, the crowd just goes bananas when when Tommy uh, gets involved. So good, good feel good moment right there. Uh, right off the bat in match number one, match number two. Brothers Gray versus Primetime Heat um, with Code Red as the manager. Uh, these these poor bastards, man. The Brothers Gray, <laughs> they they are just just continue to sit on L Street over here. And um, 
I don't know. They they need to either, you know, Damien and, and Salem Gray need to go back to the drawing board. They need to figure something out because, you know, another loss here to, to primetime heat. Um, they, I mean, they definitely brought it. It was uh, it was Dio and Trey Heat um, who were the, the actual two competitors. Code actually joined myself and the rhinestone cowboy Johnny Buchanan on commentary. Uh, always a pleasure to have Code join in there. Very entertaining. Um, but you know, there was times where it looked like the brothers gray might be able to pull it out, but ultimately it was the, uh, just the unison of, uh, of primetime heat that was able to, uh, get it done as they, as they hit the, the 3d finisher. And, uh, after you hit that, it's, you're not, I mean, nobody's kicking out of that. One, We're, two, three, over. Yeah. Did you have any, did, let me put it this way. Did anything in this match surprise you? The only thing in this match that surprised me, and it's in a good way, this new pit bull, let me get him attitude of Trey Heat. Trey has been really turning it up lately, just bringing the fire. You know, like he looks like he's leaning out. He's he's faster. He's stronger. And, you know, it's it's a good thing to see. So, like, I was generally shocked because usually, you know, like when someone's working Trey, takes him a little while to, you know, to rally back up but he's not missing any beats now so I'm, I'm glad to see that with him man let me tell you something Reggie because that is that's a great call out by you because yes he is absolutely laser freaking focused right now so yeah Trey he shout out to Trey and I mean he was our, our spotlight wrestler of the month of June so um you know, I don't know if that was a little more motivation for him, but uh, yeah, he's definitely becoming a problem for his competitors here in Battlefield. But primetime heat, able to pick up the victory over the Brothers Gray. Um, now we had El Genesis Yafet versus Samuel Adams. Too bad Sage isn't here to break this one down for her uh, fellow Puerto Rican wrestlers here. But uh, this match, once again, I could watch this match a thousand times between these two because it's it's becoming such a rivalry that you just want to see the next chapter. And that's pretty much what happened here. I mean, um, Samuel Adams came out. He was kind of playing to the crowd a little bit, trying to get everybody behind him. And Genesis, of course, with the Pearl Harbor job and just, just hit him in the back and, and started getting the early advantage. But I mean, then we saw quite a few different exchanges with Samuel Adams getting the best of him. Sam Adams, the thing I noticed about him in this match, he continually went to the, the second rope and uh, was trying to, to do some more higher risk moves and stuff like that. And sometimes it, you know, sometimes it works in his advantage. Some, it works in his favor. Sometimes it doesn't. And at the end of the day, um, you could see he was definitely frustrating Genesis. Genesis was frustrating Sam. But the finish the finish of this match, the ending was, um, again, I mean, Yafet was able to roll him up, but absolutely. He almost ripped his, his tights off. That's how much tights he had in his in his grasp to help him get the get the extra leverage so genesis picks up the victory albeit with the cheating finish here once again reggie what is the answer going to be to this these guys picking up these victories i mean do we do we institute an instant replay uh system or something where that uh you know the other refs that aren't on duty for the match can take a look and and help make a call because i mean this is getting a little little freaking crazy around here it is, man. And, you know, I think the only way for these two to truly, like, you know, settle the score, let these two go at it in, like, a no disqualification match. So there's no excuses on who the better man is. You know what I mean? Because at this point, fair and square is out the door. Yeah, of course it is, especially when Genesis is involved. I told you from the beginning when we first met him and he first introduced himself here, there, there was something about him that you just could tell that, you know, he wasn't on the up and up. And we were right. So Genesis you see it all the time. Genesis via two fistfuls of tights with the victory over Sam Adams. Um, how about this? Here we go again with the fatal four-way matches. I mean, this is so intense. We had um a lot of the all four competitors are featured on our futures roster, but also make appearances here on the pay per view. So that says to the body of work that these guys have here. JJ uh, Smith, the intellectual interrupter, taking on superstar V Marino versus RJ Carnage and the Philadelphia Playboy. So all four competitors in action. 
And, uh, you know, again, chaotic, hectic, fatal four ways, usually hectic here. Um, match didn't go as long as I thought it would. I thought it would have, you know, would have dragged out a little bit longer with four competitors. But in the end, it was superstar V Marino hitting the pile driver on RJ Carnage. And you could actually see, I felt bad because you could actually see RJ's lights go out once he, his head hit the, hit the canvas. I mean, that move is outlawed still in some companies. Um, we haven't gotten there, so it's technically still legal. Um, and V Marino is using that to every advantage because it, it's definitely within the scope of the rules. So he hits it there, and uh, you know, good, good on V Marino. I mean, he uh, has a, a finisher that he knows if he lands it, it's pretty much going to be over. Um, nobody's kicked out of the, the the special delivery pile driver as he calls it yet. Um, I mean. We didn't get a chance to um, see much of of JJ Smith and and the Philadelphia Playboy here because uh, all eyes were kind of on V Marino and RJ. Um, what do you think as far as the the pile driver finish? What is the antidote for that? I mean, obviously, if you're bigger and he can't get you up, that's one thing. But if you're if you're a wrestler, Reggie, how do you keep yourself out of position where he can slap that on? You know, like you said, you just got to be someone bigger than than V because that's hard for him to get that leverage, you know, to drop you on your head like that. Someone like RJ who's constantly flying around a ring, you know, running through ropes, doing flips, he's he's putting himself in those positions for V to hit that power driver. So in my opinion, you know, you just got to kind of go muscle for muscle with V to avoid that power driver. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, just stay out of position for it and, you know, try not to get yourself to the point where you're woozy on Dream Street, where it would be easier for him to take advantage. So V Marino, very, very impressive victory in the fatal four-way match over J.J. Smith, R.J. Carnage, and the Philadelphia Playboy. Breaks my heart that the Playboy wasn't able to swivel his way to victory in this one. But uh, nonetheless, moving on. Um, Match number five, we have Ox Adams versus Tim Theory. And I had this one circled uh, for weeks because Ox Adams, uh, we have been calling him out to, you know, let's step up the competition. And, you know, I'll, here comes Tim Theory. You know, Tim goes about 220. Um, he's one of those tweener guys between light heavyweight and heavyweight, uh, able to do the things that the smaller guys do, but also able to match power with the heavyweights. And, uh, I mean, this was <laughs> – Tim brought it. I mean, he really did. He had the big man. Um, he had him confused and had him rocked a few different times. But in the end, it was uh, it, it was theory off the ropes and, and Ox Adams was able to catch him and, and basically kind of just dropped him on over the rope. And, and Tim, you know, caught his head. And as you know, Reggie Banner, those ropes are uh, are very unforgiving as far as that goes. So he uh Pretty much was was knocked out, and Ox was able to get the victory there uh, over Tim Theory. Uh, match six, we had uh, now here. This is where we have a lot to talk about here in the, in in this match here because of the uh, repercussions. So this was supposed to be South Philly's finest versus Offa Junior and Bull James, right? So South Philly's finest makes their way to the ring. Uh, Offa and Bull make their way to the ring. And this match was taking forever to get started because you could tell championship or not champ. Oh boy, listen to me, championship material. They're all South Philly, South Philly. Come on, South, South Philly. South Philly's, they're all assholes. Like, they're it all assholes. Matter. It doesn't matter. P P six and one half dozen in the other. Anyway, sorry. South Philly's finest. See, I'm, I, I said championship material because they do the same shit. Champion, championship material, South Philly's finest. Both teams want to do this stalling tactics. They don't want to get in the ring. And you could tell Jimmy Conway, Luca Brasi were absolutely scared shitless. You have Offa Jr. over 300 pounds. You got Bull James over 300 pounds. Both men north of six foot two, six foot three. I mean, just two colossus of the battlefield roster. And these two from SPF wanted nothing to do with it so i mean the match kind of you know once the match started it went exactly like it was like we would expect it to it was spf getting uh knocked around the ring taking chops all kinds of stuff and uh in the end though it was see here we go foreshadowing championship material running out and attacking off a of junior and bull james and then all 
freaking hell broke loose, Reggie Banner. Now you were watching this on the Premier Streaming Network. What could you believe your eyes when this was happening? Like what what were you feeling? For, give us the fan perspective of what what you what happened next as far as like basically all of our tag teams entered the ring. I was like, bro, listen, this turned out to an all like just melee. It was championship material interfered. Here comes Rice Reedus. Here comes um, Primetime Heap. All these tag teams just enter like a freaking Macy's parade all at the same time. And they're all just beating up on each other. And I'm like, yo, this is this is crazy. And it's like, who has who's back? Next thing you know, like the Brothers Gray are coming out. Everyone is just like, hey, that's a tag team. I want to be a part of it. And they're just beating the hell out of each other. And it's the ring looked like a Royal Rumble by the time everyone ent- um, emptied the locker room. It was crazy. It really did. Let's not forget the Vetrano brothers. They made an appearance too. Everybody wanted to get everybody wanted to get in there and get a lick. I mean, it was it was absolute chaos. And uh, I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like that. But yeah, it, it you know that was a good call comparing that to a, a battle royal here. Uh, referees, you know, coming out, security, um, just everybody trying to break this thing up. Um, now this is here's the story, Reggie. That uh, this is a huge announcement for BPW. So this actually set up a tag team gauntlet match that's going to take place at Edge of Greatness later on in July, and we are going to crown our first set of champions here in BPW. Our first champions that are crowned are actually going to be our BPW tag team champions how freaking exciting is that oh my gosh it's, it's going to be amazing but you know what the best part about this whole like tag team thing going on like the whole gauntlet thing What's she's that? not here but her boys i believe they're starting off the gauntlet am i right <laughs> yes i couldn't wait to get to this part this is like uh the cherry on the sunday here because since championship material uh, v, uh, Vinny Mack and the closer Joey Martinez wanted to come out and interfere in Offa's match. They just earned themselves uh, spot number one in the gauntlet match. And for those of you that don't know how a gauntlet match works, it is when uh, two teams will start the match and whoever wins, guess what their prize is? They get to fight a fresh team straight from the locker room. So... Championship material, and I said it on commentary. I think I'm just gonna say it now. They have like 0.0% chance of winning this match just because to come out from the one or two seed and and go through every other team when they're fresh. I mean, come on, dude. Imagine like a fresh. What if often Bull James pull number, you know, the last number, right? Holy shit. How are you gonna get your bearings after taking on four or five other teams. And then those two monsters come out or primetime heat with fresh legs. anybody really with fresh legs later on. So obviously the advantage, it is like a, like a Royal rumble style match in the, in the sense that, you know, the luck of the draw is definitely going to be a thing here. And uh, the, the teams that are, are coming out later on are uh, obviously have, have an advantage. So yeah, championship material. Hey guys, it's going to be awesome when we crown new champions right in front of them, because there's no way, that they're going to be able to pull that off, in my humble opinion. Now, we had our intermission break, and uh, very quickly, uh, usually take a powder for 15, give the fans a chance to stretch their legs and grab a Big Oose's wiener and a, a Sony pop. And then we came back, and what a match to bring us back after the break. The false count anywhere match between Wrecking Ball Ligurski and Gene Snitsky. Now, Reggie, I know you listened to the interview when I had this slob on the podcast last week. Um and, and he used the F word with me. He called me Fat Joe twice. He did. Um, what, a, what a horrible human being. Yeah, but like, does he not realize that he's just as fat, if not fatter than me? I was like, going to say, he's got one of those mirrors where he looks at it, looks at it and he sees like, you know, he sees Red Azar as the Iron Sheik. You know, he sees something like sexy, but doesn't see what, you know, he's. Not only is he fat, but now he's just an, he's an asshole. So he's 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 worse, Joe. Like we don't even we don't even, we don't need him. He's like the bully in one of those like nineteen eighties uh, teen movies. You know what I mean? Like just a just a dumb asshole. Like <laughs> like that type of person. Like King Hippo from Mike like, Tyson's <laughs> Project. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. So I, I couldn't wait. 
uh, for for my man Gene Snitsky to come and take care of business for me. And boy, did he ever. Gene came out. This match, you know, false count anywhere, did not disappoint. These guys took it everywhere around BPW Arena as far as into the stands, into the bleachers. It made it over to the, uh, the, the commentary table at one point in which uh, – Gene grabbed the hold of my uh, of my soft drink and uh, poured it all over Wrecking Ball's stupid head. So that was awesome. I felt like I was involved in the match, and that was, uh, you know, kind of a way for me to stick it to Wrecking Ball. So I hope that tasted good, you big dope. And uh, it spilled out into the parking lot, Reggie. We had like 95-degree temperatures, and these two monsters are dragging each other into the parking lot, bouncing each other off the pillars of the building. Gene had wrecking ball against the wall, kicked him in the face while he was against the wall. And then finally the action, the action came back in and Gene uh, able to hit the boot and get wrecking ball out of there. So Reggie Banner, two things to take away from this match. First of all, Gene Snitsky remains undefeated here in battlefield and two wrecking ball. Ligurski, despite him running his mouth constantly is yet to defeat big Gene. Now, what? Where does this go from here? Is it time for Gene to move on? I mean, obviously, beat him twice. Gene doesn't have anything to prove. Is Wrecking Ball going away, or do you think he's going to continuously be a thorn in Gene's side? Now, Wrecking Ball said it himself that he's never going to quite go away from Gene, but this guy made it personal. He was jawing at Gene's wife and Gene's mom, and you don't do that. So maybe this is over, maybe it isn't, but... I mean, what what do you think? Was was this? Did you see enough here that this this rivalry gets resolved, or is this going to spill over into something more? Honestly, I think it's going to spill over into something more. Just the fact alone that Gene beat him again, and Wrecking Ball was on his mom's face, his wife's face, it shows how disrespectful Wrecking Ball truly is. And I don't think he's going to stop until he either one embarrasses Gene or pins him. So I can totally see this keep going, but. I think in Gene's mind, it's over, dude. I beat you twice, but Wrecking Ball is like, no, not until I say it's over. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see if Gene wants to give him another rematch. Like I said, no obligation for Gene to fight this guy again. He beat him twice already. And, I mean, even after uh, Wrecking Ball attacked Gene's injured leg, was he able to uh, use it to his advantage and carry that over? Okay, so moving on, we had a, another tag team match here as we're winding down this card here from Reloaded. And it was championship material, the aforementioned championship material, taking on the Vetrano brothers, which we mentioned earlier uh, about their victory in the Fatal 4-Way from the Future Show. And, man, I'll tell you what, the, these kids, really, really impressive here. Um, I'll say this about championship material. There's probably not two better guys on the roster as far as physical condition goes. Joey Martinez, uh, Vinny Mac, they look absolutely outstanding. I mean, you could tell their hard work really pays off, but the, the problem is they let you know about it too. They let you know that they're, they, they look good and that, uh, you know, they, they're making waves in the gym and everything else. And that's the sickening part. But, uh, top condition. And we knew the Vetranos were going to have their hands full, but I'll tell you what, this match went back and forth quite a bit. Uh, championship material definitely had, I'd say, more of the advantage throughout the match. They did a great job of cutting off the ring. Uh, tag team wrestling, we know that that's whether you're, uh, you know, within the scope of the rules or you stretch the rules. That's a key is not allowing your opponent to tag in and out to get the fresh man in there. Um, however, the, uh, you know, the ending, of course, Ruta sticking his rat face in and uh, pulling the distraction to get championship material. The victory, absolutely sickening. And uh, we talked about this in the beginning. Uh, Reggie, is there going to be a time where we see Ruta banned from ringside? Because it seems like, you know, not only when he's not there. Martinez and and Vinnie Mac do whatever they have to do to cheat to win. But when he's there, it's all but guaranteed. Like you could pretty much bet your house that Root is getting involved somewhere or another. Yeah, a hundred percent. The way these guys function, they have their own quote unquote free bird rules. You know what I mean? Like if Root is there, they're going to cheat. If he's not there, they're going to cheat. And the thing about them is, like I always say. They're such a talented team 
they don't need to cheat to win. But, you know, the these brothers took them to the limit, and I guess Mr. Ruda was scared and decided to interfere, you know, to give um Vinny and Joey the advantage over the Ventrano brothers. And it's just a shame that it ended that way. It is. And you're right. They 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 were scared because a victory for the Vetranos over championship material would have not only catapulted the Vetranos mook and stock, but it would have plunged championship material to the bottom of those rankings. And I mean, like I said, the rankings aren't going to matter too much next week or next week, next month at our next pay-per-view when we have the gauntlet match, or maybe they will, maybe that's going to have to do with the, the seating in the match, but nevertheless, uh, of course we see, uh, you know, championship material, doing what they do and cheating to win the next match. We had a uh, return of the bombshells division. And I know gauging by the uh, excitement of the crowd, this is something that we've been missing here in BPW. But since we debuted the bombshells last month, Tina San Antonio versus Tiara James, uh, the crowd loves it. They're into it. Um, you know, we have a, a lot of uh, female fans that want to see female wrestling. We have guys that want to see female wrestling. I mean, it's just uh, women's wrestling has evolved so much over the past uh, even 10, 15 years. And uh, it's it's really, really cool to see this this level of competition here in Battlefield. So we had a return match of Tina San Antonio versus Tiara James. If we remember at last month's cream of the crop, it was actually Tina San Antonio picking up the victory over Tiara James. However, she did put her feet on the ropes and was able to get an unfair advantage to pick up that victory. Uh, things played out a little bit differently here. We had Tiffany, uh, the referee. She does a tremendous job in her assignments, and uh, she was definitely on top of this. Um, Tina San Antonio was in a position where she was looking to do the same thing again with her feet up on the ropes, but Tiff was able to see it here. And, uh, she absolutely waved off the count. She's like, absolutely not. And then it was actually Tiara who was able to pick up the victory, uh, with a pin over Tina San Antonio. So again, one-to-one, uh, Tina San Antonio and Tiara James. I'm hoping we see a rubber match. These two are very evenly matched. Um, Reggie, are you opposed to a third match here between these two ladies? Hell no, man. I'm going to run it back. I'm ready for match number three. Right. And I think I think that's the consensus here. So maybe we'll have a clear-cut winner of that rivalry here. And um, now we're getting into the co-main event of the evening. We had oh, – man, what a co-main event we had here, Reggie. We had the returning Casey Navarro versus one of the BPW uh, – one of the BPW originals in Sean Maluda. I've said this before. It you know Sean has been a part of BPW since the very first show. He was actually in our very first match. He did the very first podcast with me. So uh, I I'm always going to have a spot in my heart for Sean Maluda. Um, participated in the first ever WWE Cruiserweight Classic, which uh, Casey Navarro alluded to here after the. Uh, after the match. And uh, let me just tell you this. I mean, this match did not disappoint. I think this was, in my opinion, if I had a tag one, it was match of the night. I mean, it, back and forth and back and forth. Maluda showing what level he's on as he was able to really take it to Casey. I thought Casey was in serious trouble a few different times. Um, Reggie, how about when Sean set Casey up on the chair outside the ring and hit him with that drive-by face wash. Oh my wash. gosh, it's so quickly and so effective too. Yeah, and I think, you know, Sean, I think, you know, was like trying to give Casey flashbacks of the, the broski boots that happened the month prior. Definitely. It, it, it was shades of that, 100%. Yeah, and not for nothing, that move has to suck. I mean, you're getting kicked in the face with somebody running full speed. There's no way... That doesn't knock the living shit out of you. I mean, it's just crazy to me um, that these guys are able to fight through that. But, you know, Casey was able to uh, to, to shake it off and they get back into the ring. And uh, now Maluda had Casey ready to hit his his finisher, the splash from the high heavens. Um, championship freaking materials music plays. And Sean stops dead in his tracks because he thinks that here come these two and or three, if we include Ratface Ruda, and they're going to come out here 
and and jump Sean again. So Sean gets down off the ropes. He's looking for Vinnie Mac. He's looking for Martinez. He's looking for Ruda. That was the advantage. That not that it, not that Casey exploited the advantage on purpose, but that's all Casey needed was to get there. Um, you know, hits the big move on Sean and gets the victory. Um, but more head games by championship material, and that's another another rivalry here in BPW. Reggie, when is the championship material versus the table? Uh, the Samoan dynasty rivalry ever going to get put to bed. I mean, it, there's no end in sight as far as I'm concerned. Championship material refuses to go away, no matter how many beatings they take from the, the dynasty. It's very weird to me, the obsession that championship material has with the table. You know what I mean? Like, they're constantly interfering in the matches. They, It's almost like they want to be the table. Like, they want to take that table for themselves, you know? Like, what what point are they trying to prove? Because this became so personal. And I remember, like, you know, a few shows back, you and I interviewed Championship Material, and they're like, oh, you know, we love this table. We respect them. There, there's no respect and love. I think they, they're jealous, and I think they want to be the table. Like, I think Joe wants to be Joey Usi, Vinny Usi, and, you know, Mr. Usi. Like, they, they want to be the Anawaii family. I, I agree. And I've said that from the very beginning. It's like uh, it's almost like Vinnie Mac and Joey want to be, you know, in, in pretty much like inducted into that family. And it's just it, how can how can Alpha Jr., Sean, Lance, Jacob Fatu, how can they ever trust these guys, even if the beef was uh, proverbial, proverbially squashed? I mean, after all the history here, we've seen fireballs. We've seen Sean Maluda getting jumped at the gym. I mean, it's just, it's horrible. I mean, you gotta, you, you can forgive, but don't ever forget. I mean, if if that would ever come to fruition, where it would be put to rest. But as I said, I, I, I don't, I don't ever see that happening, man. It's like, it's like, it's like the Eagles and the Cowboys, man. It's just a rivalry that's gonna go on forever. Yep. Main event of the evening. So. <laughs> I said on the pod last week that uh, this might be, and I did the main event write-up for the program. I said this might be the, f- the first open challenge that goes unanswered because the main event for this show was the Phil Insane open challenge. And I'm thinking to myself, who in their right mind is going to have the the guts to answer this challenge? Well, here comes Danger Jameson, and I thought, oh, okay, well, this this guy's a lunatic, so yeah, yeah, this is probably the biggest stunt of his career, so why not? Danger comes out after he assesses the situation. He decides, nah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this. This is not how I want to spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair. So he tucks tail and runs, and then we had a surprise. <laughs> Music hits for Spencer Slade. You want to talk about somebody who has no fear at all. Spencer came down the you could see it in his eyes, laser focused. He was ready to 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 pick up the victory over Phil Insane. Uh Slade getting the best of Phil right off the bat. And uh, you know, the match spilled to the outside. Phil back and forth. Phil gets the advantage. And then, you know, back and forth again. Slade. The thing about Spencer Slade, he hits with so much velocity. Like every punch, every chop, every kick, you feel it, dude. Like you feel it. And it, like you're just watching this and you, you hear the sounds reverberating throughout the uh, throughout the event center. And you're just thinking, oh, my goodness, how are these guys continuing? And the one thing I will give this to Phil Insane. Spencer Slade had his patented ankle lock locked in on the big monster, Phil Insane. And. Phil was able to roll through that and kick him off. So props to Phil. However, we saw there that that was kind of the damage that that did. Phil's leg was not the same throughout that. But the the match, complete chaos, right? Phil able to pick up the victory. Slade, absolutely un, unhappy with, with those results, of course. He attacks Phil. And then here's the part. That has everybody on notice because we have no idea how the big guy's gonna gonna respond to this. Reggie, you wanna you wanna take over here and and let the fans know exactly what happened because I was absolutely shocked that somebody had the balls to do this, bro. The, just the fact that he was able to just I, I like Spencer Sleed, but to attack Phil Insane 
at his own game. Like, you know, like, it's just, you you can't take that away from, like, he's ballsy. Like, first of all, I'm terrified of Phil. I, I know you are. But to attack him after the match and just beat the shit out of him, that kind of scares me, dude. It, it really does. It's I mean, really scary. It is because it's like something snapped inside uh, Spencer Slade, and he was just absolutely off of his rocker and really driving it in and and just, like you said, beating the shit out of Phil Insane. We just don't see that stuff here. And Phil's taking on Danny DeMonto. He's taking on Danny Moff. He's taking on Tommy Dreamer. And, I mean, he's able to hold his own. But, I mean, Spencer Slade, yeah, I, I'd say definitely had a clear-cut advantage here. But, the, I mean, the, the, the big story here is Spencer Slade got a hold of Phil's mask, and he smashed it into a million pieces with one and, stomp. And with that, with that being said, I was, I was, I was getting to that. I was going to say, um, Spencer Slade is usually calm and collected. You know what I mean? He's he presents himself as like a a professional serious threat. Never one to just like go after something and make something so personal. You know what I mean? By him destroying that mask, it was like. I have no regards for you. It was, it was bizarre. It was. And then afterwards, Phil grabbed the microphone and let the, uh, Broadheadsville crowd know exactly how he felt. And he invited Slade back to July's edge of greatness show for a street fight. Wow. I mean, we are talking anything goes with Phil insane and Slade has already answered the call. Obviously, uh, he's not showing any sort of trepidation as far as getting in there and mixing it up with no rules. So we are looking forward to that. That is going to be Phil Insane versus Spencer Slade at Edge of Greatness here later on in July next month. But Reggie Banner, that is going to be it for our 21st episode of the Battlefield Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just wanted to hit on two other things. Our next student show, BPW Presents, Summer Swivel, July the 9th. Bell time will be at 3 p.m. Doors usually open about 2, 2.30. And uh, $10 a ticket. So hit up your favorite BPW superstars. Hit us up on the Facebook page. Let us know how many you need, and we'll take care of it for you. And then, of course, our next pay-per-view, as I mentioned a few times, Edge of Greatness, later on in the month of July. That is going to be July 30th at the Signature Event Center. Both shows actually at the Signature Event Center. Uh, Matt Cardona returns to take on Casey Navarro in a street fight as well, so lots of good stuff going on here at the uh, next pay-per-view here at the Battlefield. And once again, Reggie, thank you so much for the back and forth. I love chatting up BPW with you. Sage, get better. You know, hopefully she's back on the up and up next week so we can uh, do our next re our next preview, actually, of Summer Swivel. And uh, we will see about who our next guest will be here on the Battlefield Pro Wrestling Podcast. But I'm Big Joe for Reggie Banner and for the recovering Sage Santiago. We are out. I'm feeling in my skin, I feel it in my soul. I'm feeling in this world, I gotta take control. I'm feeling in my mind, I feel it in my grind. I feel BBW, yeah, it's my time, I'm home. I've been waiting for days to think about my time in the maze. I'm coming out in Julian Gray's grave.